0: My talk this morning is on the goodness of God. One of the first songs that they played today talked about the goodness of God. I was happy to hear that. God is full with many attributes. He's merciful. He's loving. He's holy. He's righteous. And he's good. Some translations call God's goodness as kindness, but I believe it is much deeper than that. Kindness is an action that is taken or shown to someone. God's goodness is inherent. God is not good because it's attractive to him to do so, nor does he follow after some standard of goodness. God is actually so good that he is the source of goodness. He alone is the rule and the measure of what we truly know to be good. God is actually so good that that he's good to each and every one of us each and every day. To the believer, God, the goodness of the Lord, is security. Security. As we read in James one seventeen, Robert, overhang Robert, one seventeen James. Every good act of giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father who made the heavenly lights, and with him there is neither variation nor darkness caused by turning. God does not turn away from us, causing a shadow of upon us, but is facing us to pour out his goodness upon us. Amen? The believer knows well that he has been immersed in the death and the resurrection of Messiah and now stands wholly righteous before his God. The believer also recognizes that God will work in his life will be to his own good, and that is called when we trust the Lord. For without trust, if you remember from Hebrews, it is impossible to please God. Do you believe God wants only good for you? It's something to think about. God asks us to do that. Romans 8.28, Rob. Romans 8.28 says, Furthermore, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called in accordance with his purposes. What are his purposes? Later on in that same chapter, his purposes is is that we are being transformed into the image of his son and are considered righteous before him. God wants to transform each one of us into the image of Yeshua. Well, if you don't know what the image of Yeshua is, you can read them in the four Gospels because the four Gospels display exactly what Yeshua was doing. And Yeshua also said that he always does the will of the Father. So when you see the model of Yeshua in the Gospels, then you know the Father is working. So here it says that he wants to make us the same image of Messiah Yeshua. In other words, he wants to be able to work through us to touch other people. Amen? It's a good word. This is the believer's rest and assurance, but not so for the unbeliever. God's goodness will manifest itself in a wrathful justice, Against those who are defiled of holiness. For true goodness cannot abide with evil. True goodness cannot abide with evil. If you bring up uh, Exodus 34, 6, and 7, we'll read it. Adonai passed before him and proclaimed, yod He. ve Adonai is God, merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in grace and truth, Showing grace to a thousand generations, giving, forgiving offenses, crimes, and sins, yet not exonerating the guilty, but causing the negative effects of the parents' offenses to be experienced by their children and grandchildren, even by the third and fourth generations. Have you ever seen something evil that runs through families? This is what happens. Some, some other places we talk about that we receive curses when we do things. You see, folks, not only do we represent ourselves in this time when we're trusting the goodness of God, but we also represent our families. Like I said before, Yeshua said, when two or more gathered in my name, I would be in the midst. To follow God is not an easy thing but it's the right thing. You don't want situations to come down upon your family like this. You want God to be on your side. We want to be on God's goodness, recognizing he is good. Let me illustrate God's goodness. There's a parable that Yeshua uses and it's Matthew 20. I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but I think it's a little bit easier for me to do it. Once upon a time, there was a wealthy man who early one morning dropped by the marketplace, which was the ancient equivalent of the unemployment office. There he hired a bunch of guys to work in his vineyard for an agreed agreed amount of pay. A few hours later, he went back and again, and then again, and then again, later that same day, each time employing more and more men. In fact, as Yeshua told it, the owner of the vineyard hired extra workers right up until quitting time. The last man was hired was just one hour before sunset. As the last light of day faded, the workers gathered to receive their pay, and they lined up in order from the last ones hired and working backwards. And this is when Yeshua took the zinger into the story. Every man, no matter how long they worked that day, received exactly the same amount of pay. How would you want to work for a boss like that? Amen. Yeah, I don't have to tell you that the things got a little testy by the time the line reached its end. A low murmur passed among those who were hired early that morning. Finally, someone just said it. This is not right. We got a raw deal. You have a sh- you have shortchanged us. We did most of the work today, and we carried the burden under the hot sun, but you treated us as equal in labor. And Hashem put these words in the mouth of the owner of the vineyard. Didn't we agree on what I would pay you? I've kept my word to you. Now, don't begrudge me my desire to be good. For reasons that are mine, I wanted to do something men would run home to their wives and say, you're not going to believe what just happened to me today. Goodness was shown to all the men. That goodness is something received unexpectedly. Who in this room hasn't experienced the outrageous, lavish, and unexpected, undeserved kindness that he has poured out over us constantly? I know this and declare it with total confidence today because one unchanging truth that permeates every crease of reality is God is good. Amen? That's right. It says in Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. In Psalm 104 and 5, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love is eternal, and his faithfulness endures to all generations. Now, let us look at Exodus 33, verses 18 through 20. But Moshe said, I beg you to show me your glory, O Lord. And he replied, Lord replied, I will cause my goodness to pass before you. And in your presence, I will pronounce the name of Adonai. The name that we had mentioned earlier. Moreover, I show favor to whomever I will, and I will display mercy unto heaven, whoever I will. But my face, he continued, you cannot see, because a human being cannot look at me and remain alive. Moses boldly pleaded with God to please show me your glory. He was asking to see God for who he really is. Show me as much as I can stand as a believer. So, what did God show? I will cause my goodness to pass before you, and in your presence I will announce the name Adonai. That's what God is. His goodness passed before Moses. Moses wanted to see God's glory, and God showed him something so wonderful <clears throat> and accessible that it caused the skin of Moses' face to glow with the radiance of God's presence. He showed them his goodness. Goodness is the fruit of the Spirit, it says in Galatians. So therefore, it can be seen in a believer's life. Right? It's a fruit. It's a fruit of the Spirit of God, and it should be seen in our lives. As God is good to us, so are we good to others. We in this nation have fallen And many times, thinking that God's goodness is for everything that we need or everything that we want. We ask and we ask and we ask. The Bible defines God's goodness in two ways. According to Psalm 119.68, A, God is good. You are good and you do good. And teach me your ways or your laws. The first half of this verse focuses on the fact that God is by nature good. That is, He is morally excellent, extraordinarily beautiful, <clears throat> deeply glad, and extravagantly bountiful. This goodness described is raised to the highest possible levels. Excuse me, I got to drink a little water here. <clears throat> He is the original definition of good. He is good even in himself. <clears throat> For us, goodness is added quality, but it comes naturally to God. God is not just the greatest of all beings, He is the best. That's, what ex- that's exactly what Yeshua meant when he said to someone in the Gospels, no one good but God. God does what is good. Remember, taste and see that the Lord is good. Take a bite. Let him show you how how good he is and dine at his table. Remember, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. God's goodness ascends our understanding because we know we don't deserve it. God manifests his goodness in natural blessings. This is the lowest level of his expression, his goodness and the one we tend to overlook or take for granted. King David saw it clearly And he was moved by God to write Psalm 145. Could you bring Psalm 145? There you go. There you go. A hymn of praise that celebrates God's goodness and expresses it in the creative order. In verses 3 and 4, he shouts out, Adonai is great and highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and proclaim your mighty acts. L'ador, vador. La right, Lisa? L'ador, l'ador. Verses 7 and 9 describes what the older generations will say to the younger. They will give testimony of his greatness and will joyfully sing of his righteousness. They will give a testimony of his greatness and will joyfully sing of his righteousness. You know, to have a testimony, you have to take a test. You have to put yourself in a test, in a situation where you let God test you. And once you've been tested, you have what? A testimony. That's right. So we've, as we walk with God, we are tested constantly. And when we meet and agree with that test. We have that testimony of God, goodness, and greatness. And we will sing joyful praises of him. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, great, faithful in love. The Lord is good to everyone. Verses 15 and 17, we read more about His goodness. The eyes of all of you, all are looking to you. You give them their food at the right time. Talking about the world around us. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living living thing. Adonai is righteous in all his ways, full of grace in all he does. These are all Adonai's blessings to humanity that he reveals to us each and every day. Hashem's natural blessings of humanity by prov- providing for all things to men, amen. And he he manifests our good, his goodness by kind intervention. One o seven of Psalms is totally devoted to a theme and opens with, "Give thanks to the Lord for He is good; His faithfulness." endures forever. His goodness comes to rescue people who are frantically searching for something or someone that will satisfy their soul and hunger within their being. When they cry out to the Lord, he will deliver them and their soul will find a true home. He has been there for you more than you will ever know. No matter what situations you are facing this morning, God is the best person to take it to. There is no source of deliverance or blessing. There is no sure source of deliverance or blessing unto him because he is good all the time. He is our rescuer. And he does this finally through God's son, Yeshua. In Romans 5.8, Rob, thank you. God demonstrates his own love for us in that the Messiah died on our behalf while we were still sinners. God's goodness flows to us in the amazing substitution of his own son in our place on the stake. His death for us is the undisputed picture of unmerited goodness. You don't deserve it, I don't deserve it. In fact, we continue to do things that prove we didn't earn it. Yeshua unlocks God's goodness in many ways. God's promises is yes in Messiah. This means all the good and perfect gifts of God come to us through our relationship with Messiah, Yeshua. And how do we respond to God's goodness? The goodness of God calls for a response. We should repent of unbelief, realizing that even when we need things, his goodness is there with us. God's not like a candy machine where you put in a dollar and get something good out of it. God knows better than you what you need. And we should repent repent of ingratitude, not thanking God when he's blessed us for all that he's given us. In Romans 2, 4, there you go. Oh, perhaps you despise the riches of his kindness. gratitude, forbearance, and patience because you don't realize God's kindness is intended to lead you to turn from your sins. Shaul is saying here, and I'm paraphrasing, do you think that all these blessings that visit your days came because you were just an incredibly nice person who made God's special gift? Do you think that of yourself? If you do, you're thinking wrong thoughts. No. And his goodness was meant to lead you to him. Going through your life is like receiving what he has been giving you without going through your life. Receiving what he has given you without trusting in Messiah is like saying, God, I had this, all this coming to me. I deserve this and I deserve more. Keep it coming. We want the gifts and not the giver. Our ingratitude and greed for what he can do for us while rejecting Yeshua is the height of sin. And one day the gravy train will end. See, so We need to repent of where we have not shown that thankfulness for God's goodness and belief that he will supply our need even when we do have need because we trust in his goodness will give us what we need for our souls and for our lives. We depend and trust on him. And and we need to repent of our ingratitude. Our country has been blessed with so much, and there's so much ingratitude in our country. We continue to think that God will pour out his blessings upon a country that has taken them out of our schools, of our workplaces, of our government buildings, street corners, so forth and so forth. I'd like to read your story in my closing. I think illustrates God's goodness. John only lived to age 25. When John was five years old, he was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, a genetic progressive debilitating disease. It would claim his life 20 years later, but not before subtracting almost everything from him. Every year, John lost something. In time, he lost the ability to do all the outward things that we take for granted, even the ability to speak. But there was one moment that stood out, and it happened when he was invited to the National Basketball League fundraising auction. And when it began, one particular item, they caught John's eye, a basketball signed by all the players of the Sacramento Kings. John so desperately wanted that ball that when it came up to bid, he lifted his hands and raised it high in the air and his mother quickly brought it down, knowing they did not have the funds to cover any bid. The bidding on on the basketball continued with excitement. It rose to an astounding amount compared to other items at the auction and especially to the real value of the ball. Finally, a man made a bid that no one else could possibly match and won the prize. The man walked to the front, claimed the basketball, but instead of going back to his seat, this man walked across the room and gently placed into the thin, small hands of the boy who would never dribble that ball down a court. Never throw it to a teammate. Never fire it from the foul line, but would cherish it for as long as he lives. John, while he is still able, wrote these words. It took me a moment to realize what the man had done. I remember hearing grasps all around the room when the thunderous applause and weeping eyes. To this day, I'm amazed. Have you ever been given a gift that you could have never gotten for yourself? Has anyone ever sacrificed a huge amount for you without getting anything in return? And brothers and sisters, God has done that for you. Amen? Let us pray. How about we come before you and we thank you and we are grateful to you for your goodness and for your blessing for your mercy, and for your healing upon your people. As we come this Shabbat, and we continue to rest in you, may we be a blessing unto your heart. When we, may we bring joy to you. And Hashem Yeshua. Amen.